Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Alistair, later in the show, we're going to do an ad for Harry's Razors. Harry's Razors? Harry's Razors. Well, I haven't used one in the last few days, and I feel awful. Look, I don't want to say that those things are connected. Yeah. Because there is so much else that's wrong with you that I don't even know where to start. Mm -hmm. But I'd say that if you were to shave the Harry's Razor, you'd not only take the stubble off your face, you'd shave a layer of sadness off your soul. And that's one of their guarantees. That's actually part of the Harry's guarantee. Mm. That and the fact that if you go to harrys.com forward slash think tank, you'll get $15 worth of value, shaving value. $13. $13 worth of shaving value. Mm -hmm. It feels like $15 worth. I know, that's right. That's why he said 15 because (laughs) you're using it, you go, this is more than $13 worth of shaving materials. Yes, like you get all of that, you get that for free, and all you've got to do is cover the cost of shipping. Mm. And even though it's $13 worth, you feel like you're getting $15 worth, and you really feel like you've got one over on the man. Yeah, and it feels like you're... It's actually so good that it actually feels like it's just the cost of, like, just passing, you know, having it handed to you. Exactly. That's, that's all. And, it, you know, I don't know how close you live to the Harry's factory and mm. dispatch station. That might be all it is. Yeah. So there you go. Well, you know, and what does that cost you? A smile? You're going to get yeah. $13. $13 that feels like $15 worth of raising experience. For, for the cost of shipping that feels like the cost of a, a smile. smile. And what does that cost you? Nothing. Shipping costs. Shipping, shipping. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's the best two-minute, 15-second intro. That's coming up later in the show. Oh, yeah. Bang, ding-a-ding-ding, bang, ding-a-ding-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding
Yep. Uh, treadmill, yep. spaceship, base, yep. spaceship. So you're kind of like space Flintstones. Yeah, great. Right. <laughs> but um, every little bit of effort that you put in increases your speed. Increases your speed. And so Although, at some point... If you're on a treadmill, you're probably standing still, aren't you? You are, but your ship is moving. Okay, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, great. So it's like all the movement is being put into the ship rather <laughs> yep. than... Cause Running doesn't work in space because there's no other matter. There's no ground. So this it's one of the features. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, I don't know, it's magnets or something like that are being used. Gotcha. To push you forward or <laughs> propel you or shoot single atoms out that kind of like, you yeah, know, whatever it push is. you the opposite way or... Um, lasers could be with lasers. Or it could be, it could be going along some kind of strip of material that's going between you and the edge of the universe. Great. You anchored, somebody anchored a strip of material to the end of the universe, so it's going really fast. Yeah. And then they stripped it to the other end as wow. well. So then it's just kind of, it's being, a, you know, it's just like a... Like a cable car or something. Like a cable car, but it's treadmill powered. Yes. And you can go as fast as you want. There's only one ship along it. Yeah. You can go as fast as, as you want as long as you run mm. for long enough. The reason you can't go faster than the speed of light in that situation is people never stick to their running plans. Like, everybody says they're mm. going to run constantly yeah, until they're going true. as fast as the speed of light. Yeah. But reality is you'll run one day, maybe two days in the first week, right? And yeah. then maybe one time, four weeks after that. But and then... Then there'll be that you, you, know, you kind of get to the close to the date when you're supposed to be going the speed of light. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, you start running. You tell yourself, I'm going to run first thing in the morning. Yeah. And you go for a run then. You know, maybe run again. And then in those the last afternoon. few days, you're actually really stressed. Yeah, <laughs> it actually is quite actually good for your stress to be doing that running. And you're like, now you're like, why wasn't I running this whole time? I could yeah, have been you doing it. yourself that kind of thing. Um, is that a sketch, Alice? There, I think the reason why things can't go faster than the speed of light, like, is I, I'd quite like scientific theories to be mm. argued from. The limitations that are not built mm. into the you know constants constants of the universe, but just like you know, it's hard. You sure, know, it's yeah. hard to get find the time. It's kind of like a you know, it's like if you give modern problems to ancient Greeks and they can only use. <laughs> it's like yeah, so so you yeah, you know that because because when we we've used that methodology of a sketch before, mm. it's just a couple of guys in togas with some sticks mm. and some dirt that they can scratch things into and, yeah. and they can ponder. But what if they were talking about things, problems that are kind of, you know, were discovered later on in uh, Yeah, absolutely. So it, it, those could be problems like very much like this faster than the speed of light problem. Mm. I think that's great. And mm. like, you know, what, what, how would they explain that given their logic of the time? And they mm. would bring it back to either human nature or probably the gods. The gods. Offending the gods. Yeah. Um, but then we could also give them questions that are like entirely like, well, maybe this wouldn't work, but I'm thinking like really modern social dilemmas as well, well, like things to do with, you know, etiquette on social media or something like that. Yeah. But then, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe there's too much But then I guess context requirements. Another way it could be done is what if it is just science as written by a, write, a runner, a guy who's just yeah. a long distance, you know, Jim. Yeah. Is that guy who appears in Bill Hicks's bits? Jim, the guy who died. 35, but he's, you know, and then Jim uses him as like an example of somebody, and I, Bill, yeah, Bill uses him as an example of somebody who was really healthy all their life, but they still died young, and then all mm. these other people took drugs and had a really good time, and they, you know, I don't know, somehow their life was more worthwhile because they took <laughs> drugs and had a really good time. Because they knew Bill, they were mates with Bill. Yeah. 
Yule Brenner. Hexy. Hexy. Yule Brenner? Yeah, Yule, he talks about Yule Brenner. Taking a lot of drugs? Yeah, people s- snorting cocaine off of his bald head. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah. It's a pretty shiny head he had. Did he? I, I, I don't remember. Is, is he the guy in The King and I? He's in The King and I, where he played, I guess, a Thai person and uh, and also or Siamese and uh, he was also in Westworld where he played a robot even though he wasn't a real robot is there something <laughs> that could be done yep. with the idea of whitewashing in films like where you cast all you mm-hmm. know you get a, a property like Ghost in the Shell yeah. right? and then you cast white people in sure. it even though it's from a different culture yeah. What is like a version of that that we could do that we could do as a joke, Alistair? Uh, so, what uh, is a sketch basically? Uh, uh, okay. Give me a sketch idea. Is what I'm saying. Is it like, um, you like, know, to 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 take it to the extreme where you have a a movie that features, and I don't know. This could be this could be saying the wrong thing, sure. but like that features inanimate objects and yeah. you cast them as white people or something like that. You you know we thought. That's an opportunity yeah. to get another. What about the wind in the willows? The wind in the willows. Okay, so <laughs> they're all rats yeah. and moles and, to- and a toad and a toad. Yeah, and they're being cast as as, as white people. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is that is that funny in some way? <laughs> what is that saying? What is? I know. I think. I think. I always like. I think about doing things like that, but then I go, what am I, yeah, what am I joking about that people are getting offended at it, so then that's kind of where you're, what you're laughing at, right? That people are getting offended at it, so therefore you're kind of the... You, are what, you mocking the getting offended because the getting offended is justified? Is that what we're saying? Yeah, yeah. And so you're saying, oh, see, in this case, it's not justified. Mm. But then in the cases where people are maybe complaining about it and it, maybe it is justified, mm. I don't know. Um, then you're going, well, ha, ha, ha. Anyway, w- with our laughing, we're saying that it's not justified, I think. What about... Even a, though our, ex- our, our example is much more extreme. Yes. But I feel like it says, like, we're saying things that are less extreme are... Uh, what about if instead of casting... Because cause the way they could be better is if, if instead of casting white people mm-hmm. as the... Being the, the joke, we're casting casting something else. Objects. Right? So objects, exactly, or animals. So or... it's like a it's like a remake of Seinfeld. Yeah. Right. It's probably the whitest <laughs> show you could think of. Right. Yeah. Sure. But then every everybody is either like a rake or a spade. Yeah. Or like a sort of they're a all toolbox. gardening implements. Mm. Yeah, I think that's funny. Man, Kramer would definitely be a rake. Like, you, you, sure. A grass rake. I mean, he's already. <laughs> He's already 85% rake. He's as close as you can get, I think, to mm. being a rake while yeah. still being subject to the you know, United Nations Declaration of Human Rights. Yeah. Uh, I hope. Uh, look, I would say that you could probably legally, even under the United Nations, in, maybe even in front of the United Nations, you could mm. probably torture Kramer. Wow. And... They w- they wouldn't even bat an eyelid, even even if their eyes were getting really sore from getting dry. They wouldn't bat their eyelids bat because them. they because they would just be watching so intently, unbothered. Yeah, they're Th- so unbothered that it's making other parts of them that are bothered less bothered. L- less bothered. 
That's incredible. So it's become soothing to them almost. <laughs> Watching Kramer be tortured. Yeah. I think I think this is this is this is hear me out on this one, Alastair, alright? So you know that saying like you can't make a, an omelette without breaking eggs. You heard of this one, Alastair? No, they uh, yep. And people use that all the time to justify well why bad things have to be done in order to create something good, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so what if we found out that involved in the draft, for some reason, the process of drafting the human rights declarations mm. requires a lot of suffering? Now, I don't know sure. what it is, whether or not they have to be. The only way that they can get the, uh, the declaration drafted in the right way requires child slavery or... I just like the idea that fundamentally this thing that should be so high and mighty is yeah. somehow compromised. Sure. I mean, obviously there had to be a lot of suffering in order for people to be motivated enough. Well, that's true. And if for us to find things to rule out as well, to yeah. make illegal, we wouldn't have known that that was even a, an option. Mm. And, and I guess there could have been a point maybe like thousands of years ago where somebody floated the idea of a, a human rights mm. uh, bill, an anti-torture bill mm. of some sort. And at that time, people feel like, I don't know if torture's really had enough of an effect on the world. You know? Yeah, right. Like, obviously, you know, I've seen some, but what's that, like 10 people it's affecting? Are and we going to draft a whole bill? So, so what you're saying is that from that point, we then had to torture a lot more people in order to justify having a human rights. Maybe the guy who was putting it forward needed to do some kind of mass to torture yeah. in order to, um, I mean, where do dictators come from? Indeed. Yeah. What are they motivated by? Well, they want to make the world a better place, I presume. I suppose they think in their capable hands, yeah, the world will Mm. be a better place. And so if they torture a lot of people, then there will become some kind of unifying body Mm. that brings the world together to stop torture. Yeah. Somebody's got to do something. Mm. I'm going to torture my way into uh, world peace. It's like, it's all pretty horrible, but... (laughs) Is there something in that, like, the, the, the idea that, well, but that in the early days of torture, people weren't really sure if it was good or bad? <laughs> like, you're like, well, we, we, don't, we don't have enough information. Yeah, right? which is one like, of the reasons often you're torturing someone. <laughs> that's true. But we've, we've, you know, we've tortured a few people and it hasn't been good for them. Mm. But we need to look at, like, the long-term effects of this kind of thing. We, I don't think that we should rush to judgment when all the results aren't in. I don't want, I don't want to go banning this kind of stuff and us to find out that this is a, a bad idea. Torture lobby. Tor- the torture lobby. You know, the, these guys who yeah. can spin anything. Right, like smoking. Yeah. The smoking. Is that where you were going with that, Alice? Yeah, 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 yeah. Torture yeah, lobby. Torture lobby. Yeah, no, I didn't. I wasn't suggesting you would have your torture chamber right in at the entrance of a building. No, you never do that. You, you put it in a dungeon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the basement for some reason. Why does it always have to be under in the basement? Why Better, can't it be higher up? I think it's a feng shui thing. Is it? Right. Oh. Yeah, I think if you have all your torture done as people are walking in, it doesn't bring in money or something like that, or it doesn't bring sure, in Sure, it offends some kind of dragon spirit. Or the ar- or an architect. Yes. Yeah. Also the police might see. <laughs> but is there something in a torture lobby, you know, trying, yeah. to, trying to get the government to 
we'll wait until the results are in and we have some studies yeah. of our own which I would almost suggest that the torture lobby is just the whole right wing no. <laughs> I mean Alistair um, you're not you're not wrong you know? I mean look I think that there's a funniness I'm going to put a half sketch yeah sure of the where you actually put the torture chamber in a mm. building because I think that's a funny conversation. Well, also, there's a thing now with architecture where it's good to have a lot of the stuff that we would have hidden previously in buildings we have exposed, like you'll see the exposed pipe work for mm -hmm. the air conditioning and that sort of thing, and you might see uh, certain beams and struts and plumbing and maybe even cabling that would have been concealed behind mm. walls or in a basement. Now that functional stuff we're making visible, so what other stuff would we make visible in a building? Well, maybe the torture or in some way the, uh, you know, whatever's the vi less visually appealing part of the building, like the suffering that's yeah. inherent in the enterprise of big business yeah. that we're actually going to make explicit. What about the dirt under the foundation? Yeah, what if that was visible? Yeah. Yeah. Sort of, I mean, like, I mean, concrete slabs seem to be sort of such a norm, mm. um, you know, across the board. And I feel it's almost like we're, it's putting us at risk, uh, you know, by having such sort of like one idea that, that sort of, that, 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 f follows all, you know, like kind of like in a, a monoculture yeah. with potatoes or say, let's say you live in an island nation, somehow you accidentally create a monoculture, you only use one type of potato, mm -hmm. right? If a disease comes through yep. that, that attacks and wipes out that potato, you might wind up with some kind of potato famine. Say. Say, right? Well, I think maybe I fear that by all having concrete slabs on mm -hmm. all buildings, Pretty much a standard now. Yeah. Uh, we're, you know, what if some kind of cr concrete problem, slab problem comes along? We're going to wish that at least somebody had done some kind of perspex, mm. see through the ground. And th well, that way like you'd dirt. be able to see probably whatever's going to be attacking these concrete slabs will probably be attacking them from below. Yeah. You know, um, and in this case, you would have wished that you'd had perspex. So that you could see them coming. See them coming. Whatever they are. What <laughs> Um, well, there's I, nothing in that idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to... Well, I, what about... Something else that isn't visible in buildings mm. is the... Uh, <laughs> is like the, the construction workers are their families, right? So, you know, they support the construction workers mm. that build the buildings. Yeah. But you don't see them. They're, they're concealed sort of at their homes That's true. in another location. Yeah. But what if you designed a building such that that element was visible? Sort of like a reverse Big Brother house. Yes. Where if you go into a this building... A Big House Brother. A Big House Brother or, or yeah, little outside sister. <laughs> um, no, it's like you go into this building and you can see everybody... Who, mm. who's outside of it. So there's just a... It's not like a glass house, but I mean, like, all the people who were involved in the building, there's just mm. screens that kind of follow them, a little bit like Big Brother does. Yeah, yeah, But, you know, so that you can actually make visible the people who worked on the building and supported the building and the, supported the people who support the people who support the building. Right, because what is it that makes a company? 
Mm. It's not concrete. It's not glass. No. Imagine this is my big speech at the end of some movie. Yeah. It's not concrete. It's no. not glass. I'd have a better voice. Yeah. I'd be played by it's someone. It's not concrete. It's, it's not, not concrete. It's not glass. It's not, it's not steel. Mm. What is it? It's people. It's screens with people <laughs> on them. It's families. It's mums and dads. It's brothers and sisters. And that's why I have sent cameras out to watch your families every hour of their waking lives and sleeping lives and deaths and and cast them on projections all across the building so that we don't forget (laughs) why we're here and what makes us... To watch your families. Watch your families. There's your uncle. This is so so confused. (laughs) (laughs) Is it? Oh, I, I should I should find you a better team member to do this podcast with. What do you mean? No, we were doing great, Al. Oh. That was all really good stuff. Yeah, you think that's good? I think that was good. I don't know if I don't know if you know what good is. While I was driving here, I yes. thought about the idea of doing a podcast by myself where I I take all the ideas that we wouldn't ever use and then I make sketches by myself <laughs> with them. And I by using all the worst ideas. So that would be like one in the trash bin. Yeah. And you're filtering through our our garbage waste. Yeah. Like those people living in the slums in India whose lives... I don't even understand how... You know the ones who are sorting through garbage Mm -hmm. and getting out plastic bags and... what what are they doing with the, how can you subsist on that what are they doing with the plastic bags that like creates any value for them or or anybody like i realize that <laughs> in a society yeah there's always people who are but you've always got to have somebody at the bottom yeah but that one, it just sounds like somebody was just spitballing what could be the worst thing you could do in society. Yeah. And then think about the fact that even those people, the thing that they're doing has to keep them alive somehow. Like yeah. they just made it up. Like, oh, they're eating or they're, they're, they're sorting through garbage and they're getting out dirty plastic bags. But that's not a thing, is it? Like, What could that possibly... Where does that lead? We haven't even worked out what to do with old plastic bags in a first world country. Yeah, but I'm assuming that it must have some value. The fact that you don't know what it is, I mean, doesn't necessarily mean that they're not getting it, like that they're not getting anything out of it. But what are they? What? What I, I could assume, it possibly be? I assume that um, that somebody's giving them money, in so, and and I think the reason why they're in. Such poverty is because it's not a lot of money. <laughs> I get that. I get that. But, I, yeah, I just can't imagine the situation in which somebody showing up to your house with a whole lot of dirty plastic bags yeah. would be anything other than a burden to you. Yeah. And Would you pay them to go away? Possibly. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There's some value. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's just it's just it's so horrible. I don't don't get yeah. me wrong. I think it's bad, but in almost comically bad. Almost comically bad. Yeah, I think that is a type of thi- like a thing where people laugh at awful awful jokes. Yeah, right. Jokes that are really horrible, and sometimes 
I don't think the jokes are even punching down because the jokes are are actually pointing out something that's so bad mm. that it makes you laugh at how awful life is. Yeah, it's uh, it's almost like somebody uh, allows like paints a picture in your mind mm. of of a something that is yeah so horrific that you can't even imagine that like there's that one that Jimmy Carr had said on um on the green room with Paul Provenza where somebody had asked him what his more, most offensive joke was um and he said in uh mosquito nets in Africa uh, if could uh, if if we if we bought mosquito nets for Africa we could stop millions of mosquitoes of dying of AIDS needlessly every year, something like that. Oh, like yeah, that, right. Yeah. So it's it's something really horrible, but but what you're picturing is the idea in which somebody could value the lives of m- mosquitoes above people. But also, it's it makes you it reminds you how many people in Africa do suffer from HIV. I mm. guess. Yeah. Which. I guess if you can remind people of that, if 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 it it's it's defensible, I think if it reminds people of that, mm. without dehumanizing or generalizing to the, you know, the, the the entirety of the population. Like if 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 you're joking, if if you're laughing at the horror of it, mm. and not at the the suffering of others or the or at the the pointing out or the at the co- the confirmation in your mind that other people have a worse life than you and therefore are somehow worse than you i don't know it's, 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 i think i think look, i think it's well. a simple it's just a simple misdirect oh sorry yeah no it's that. like yeah. yeah i mean like obviously there's it's it's horror like it, it like the horror adds to the to the tension mm. but all it is is that if you're talking about mosquitoes, mosquito nets, then you're obviously thinking about the, the, the point, people in the mosquito the pe- net. The people will be helped from it, but mm. then, you know, it's just in the change there with the mosquito cho- saying it's about the mosquitoes. Because the joke, the jokes get so, but they get all their power. Like the joke gets all its power from somebody's from suffering. Yeah, and that is like then you've got to think about... It's like any, it's like any source of power, Alistair. Mm. You've got to think about where it comes from. That's right. Right? I guess so. Uh, so, like, uh, whether it's the sun. Yeah. And why can't we get more jokes where their power comes from the sun? That's all I'm saying. Could where we... Could... You're laughing at the endless renewability of uh, solar power basking this earth. You know, why do we have to be laughing at uh, suffering? When we could be laughing at something better. That's true. That would be more sustainable mm. because there's a lot more. Mm. And or why can't we be laughing at sort of tidal motion, which can be used to harness to generate electricity? <laughs> I guess it's very relentless, isn't it? Tidal motion. <laughs> tidal motion. Yeah. Almost, almost comically so. This is my theory. Yeah. Right. That maybe life, com- civilized. High intelligent life arose on Earth mm. because of the moon, right? Because we have that big moon, which means we have big tides, yeah. right? Which means that we have more chances for things to come to live in the intertidal zone between the low tide and the high tide mark, mm. which is the step that you need to have to live on the land, which is what yeah. you know uh, leads to 
development of hands and stuff like that. And hands flippers? No, not flippers. Well, no, hand, no. hand flippers. Oh, hand flippers, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess would be one of the first things, probably. Yeah, hand Some flippers. kind of hand flipper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and? That, yeah. And then uh, that that's... It's, so it's the moon yeah. and the Earth's bizarrely large moon because we have a really large moon for the size of the Earth. Well, that's good. That's why we have intelligent life. And maybe that's why only Earth has intelligent life because oh. we've got such a big moon. Oh, I reckon probably there's, there's other ones. You reckon there's someone else who's got a big moon? Yeah. But, I mean, it doesn't, like... I mean, I think there would still be... As long as there was, like, wind and things like that, there would still be sort of creatures that would... Yeah, all right. That would sort of fly off the water and make it onto land a little bit. Flop out there. Flop out. You know, maybe, like, splashing would occur. You know, some splashing onto rocks. Oh, splashing. There could be splashing, and then there could be rock pools and stuff. Rock and pools. Things that cool and dry. And yeah. Probably still rivers and ponds. and Ponds, maybe. Mud. Yeah, I reckon as long as there's, like, if, I think if there's planets out there that are similar to ours, but there's no splashing allowed, Yeah. then I think maybe they won't have intelligent life. Right. Yeah. So you think it's splashing that led to intelligent life? Yeah. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah. Oh, oh that's, there's also that's no waterfalls. Theory. Mine's the moon. Well, what, what, are, what is a waterfall except for splashing? It's just a big splash. Form. So you can go in, in these places the water could go up the hills and down yep. but no not at such an incline <laughs> it could go up the hills i reckon if you're pushing from far back from far back enough <laughs> you know if it gets a run up yeah it's is true. there any rivers that get a run up it's a they? really good question yeah i don't know yeah there must be some there must be one like a, at least a couple of rivers that go uphill for a bit just <laughs> This is really blowing my mind, yeah. trying to picture this, because I've seen water flowing up and over a rock. Yeah. That's, that's, an, that's sort of a, a, a small example of what I'm trying to say. What you're trying to say. And, and could we uh, engineer a version of this mm-hmm. that um, to, to get tourists in? Like a like a, like water that flows up. This is ex- the, exactly the kind of thing a small yeah. town needs mm-hmm. to just really kick it into gear. Right? I think I think like just in general terms, mm. the things that small towns do yeah. to get tourists in mm-hmm. is really good sketch territory. Right. I think. Do you think it's a TV series? It could be like we could be heroes. Yeah. But it's all these small towns that have. Each episode is them to try attempting to do a small thing to get tourists. Definitely. In. Oh, look at that. Tidy, tidy towns. But now you're just naming the name of a podcast. There's a podcast called Tidy Towns. I yeah. don't know what it is. Though, I don't so. know what it's about either. I'm sure it's very good. Yeah, me too. I bet you it's about towns. Probably. Tidy but I don't know if it's fictional. And I don't know if it's about the towns doing things to... Uh... Yeah, I think that's a great, great uh, concept, some recurring thing. Mm. And... I mean the characters, Alistair. You got to think of the characters. They're That's what I'm starting such, to think about. They're going to be so characterful. What about the mayor? Oh, yeah. What a character. What about the local engineer or no, the local yes. inventor? Yes, yes. Yeah, you could have a local inventor because sometimes, sometimes it'll be a thing that'll come from the the, the municipality, mm. right? It'll be their idea, and they'll be launching this thing. But sometimes it'll be just some weirdo doing something. Yeah. First of all, to bring money to himself. I like I like the idea of it being a real weirdo because mm. a real weirdo could be doing things for some bizarre personal reason. Yeah. 
you know, making, let's just say, a huge pile of dirty washing or something like that, dirty clothes. Yep. And then that becomes the thing that the town latches onto. The biggest pile of dirty clothes. Yeah, something like that. Well, Australia does love big things. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess... What about... Th- and people come and, and, like, maybe tourists could come and they could throw their dirty clothes in. Yeah, that would be a thing. Yeah. Um, what about this... Uh, Big, biggest pile of dirty undies. Australia's biggest waste of potential, right? And yeah. it's a guy, he could have done so much. And... And he's still... He still just stayed in his hometown and, you know... Do you think he could have been a bigger waste of potential? <laughs> that's even... That's another kind of potential he's even wasted. Mm. Every kind. Because he still does a little bit. Yeah. A and bit he of just, stuff. He just sits there and people come by. People drive out of their way to come and check him out. Mm. And maybe they, there's a gift shop. Maybe they try to encourage him to do more. Yeah. That's, come in and you go, it's actually good luck. If you sort of... If you, <laughs> if you offer him an opportunity. If you encourage him. Yeah, if you offer him an, an opportunity yeah. and encourage him, mm. and, and then he says no to it. If you take a copy of his CV. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if he'd even have a CV. He's still working on it. He was going to do it this weekend. Or he's got one, but it's out of date. Yeah, great. It's very out of date. I've he, not done heaps since then, but I don't, it's not the same phone number on there. Yeah. I lost my phone. And They've put an 03 on the front of the numbers since then. <laughs> they did that in Tasmania. We got a 62 on the front of all What do you think, numbers. four episodes or six episodes? I think it's 12. It's 12. But they're short. They're like, you know, 15-minute eye view. No, oh, I know, but we could have half hours. Yeah, that's true. You know, all I right. think we, we could... 24. We, we, could, we could bring in a lot of the... Um, the, the the comedy community could play a lot of the characters, so that this way we is... get to give everybody work. Alistair, then we can sell this format to America. They've even got more small towns there. We're joking here, Alistair. We're mucking around and just taking the piss I'm and saying, t- what is such a stupid idea, no one would ever do this, but you're actually onto something. Andy, no, I'm not joking. No, we're talking about it like, like imagine how dumb it would be to do this. No, no, You'd no, have no. to be a fuckhead. No, 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 but no, 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 I think I'm I don't seriously. think you realise... <laughs> This is this is a genuinely good idea. Really? Yeah. Oh well, here I was. Yeah. Just p- pouring my heart and soul into this. Yeah, for a joke. For, yeah, as if it's a, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but it, it does also, as soon as you say we could get in the comedy community, I'm like, yes, this is a format that you can make and sell and plug people into. Plug them. Just plug them in. What is it? It's mockumentary style. The cheapest of all the styles. Yeah. The, the, but I think maybe also the style that people, for some reason, just feel the most comfortable with mm. a lot of the time. What, yeah. about, what about this as an, an idea? Yeah. It's a TV channel. Yeah. But it's the off channel. It's ABC off. Yeah. Okay. So it's, wait, did you mention this the other day? I think I might have mentioned this the other day. You wrote day. it into a thing where... I where, might have written it into a thing. Where you play just a black screen. This is black screen, so yeah. that, So that people don't have to turn off their TVs. They don't have to turn off their TVs, and the station can still get the ratings. That's pretty good. You know, and it's cheap to make. It's so cheap. You just have to film a, bl- a black screen or leave the lens cap on. Yeah, leave the lens cap on or uh, switch the lights off in the room, I guess, mm. if there's, you know, if there's not going to be an exit oh, but then you probably have to something. S- you'd have to spend a lot of money probably sort of 
ensuring that there is no light pollution in there. That's true. So that might be expensive. Might I'm be sure expensive. we can think of something. I mean, the Maybe lens cap can... idea is pretty good, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose you could put a blanket even over over the lens cap. Sure, just for redundancy, just to be just in just case be on the safe side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not like an expensive blanket. Just if we're trying to cut costs. Yeah, know. like a second-hand blanket or maybe a, a coat from the lost and found at the front office. I'm just office. saying that because if we're pitching this to a network as a, like a, an opportunity to get so, ratings but save, save money, money. Yeah. I think we need to have this solidified. Yeah, oh, no, because, we nail he, it down. And he goes like, because if you say lens cap, he goes, well, what are you doing as a backup in now, case the, there's some light? light only thi- thing I'm thinking though, Alistair, is they're probably going to want some names attached to this. You know, some big mm. names, someone yeah. that they can sell, right? So, um, what are you thinking, like a Sam Simmons or something like that? Yeah, or? maybe. Or, we, you know, maybe we can get somebody who's visiting, you know, Tom, John Travolta off of Flies John Qantas. Travolta, great. So he could... He, Flies he, Qantas, those jackets, those uh, Qantas jackets, black. Really John dark. Travolta can stand in front of the camera. Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> He's quite wide. It'll be John Travolta's back. Yeah, and, and <laughs> John Travolta's back. <laughs> That's what we could call the show. <laughs> John Travolta's back. And we'd be like, "That's exciting." Really? <laughs> from from five p.m. to eight a.m. Every day. Every day. And it's just his back. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's got to be something, isn't it? Like. ABC off. Yeah, well, okay. I'm wondering what's the what's the what's the jumping off point? How do we get into this? Like somebody, somebody in a in a network mm. is is they're, they're they're struggling with the budgets. Yeah. Right. Or they don't have enough money for programming or whatever. Sounds a lot like the same sounds thing. Like, <laughs> or it sounds like a lot like the real scenario of what's happening right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have money for programming. We can still run the station. Mm. We just won't be able to put anything on. But the station will still run. Yeah. Behind the scenes, everything will still be happening. Everyone will still be employed. We have a job. Yeah. We just won't be able to put anything on. But that's where this show comes in. Do you think getting John Travolta on will, will make this show more expensive? That's my concern. But well, if it was a, a branding opportunity with Qantas... Mm, that's true, yeah. And, and so they, Qantas, just promote the show... And then, but then we mm. call it John Travolta's back yeah. to promote Qantas. Um, so I guess there's a lot of like ads for, on uh, some of the associate channels that are promoting John Travolta's mm. back mm. on the other channel on ABC Off. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and you can leave it on so that your TV can be off. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's not off until it's leave. on. Yeah. ABC off. Yeah, it's not off to leave this TV on. If it was offer than off as well, like if somehow you, when you tune to this channel, it's like an experience that you don't that's that's more off than having your TV actually off. Yeah, it's heightened because everything's heightened on television. I'm just that's trying true. to picture how we could make it more, more off. off. Yeah. Um, well, I guess first of all, you'd avoid that sound of turning your TV off. What if you hate that? Yeah. That like sometimes it could be like a. Doom. It's quite good. That one. Um, don't know about that. What about this?
Because it's instant night. What about... <laughs> Off being the night of the electronics. That's, that's interesting, isn't it? Before like, lights existed, mm. you know. Well, you know, we put... We put... We put... <laughs> we put TVs to, into sleep mode. Yeah, that's true. But, but you know, oh, when they're right. sleeping, it's not a very realistic sleep, is it? Mm, you know, they never get up. Sleep. Well, it, it and you got electricity com- still running through you. But also, it seems very deep sleep, very complete. You know, it doesn't take them a while to get to sleep. They don't wake up again sometimes when they hear a noise. Mm, they don't uh, wander about the house. So are we banging gonna... their shins on the? <laughs> are we gonna? Are we gonna promise people that our ABC off will sort of be more, a more realistic sleep for your TV? Yeah. Yeah, so it'll, it'll it'll turn on in the middle of the night and sort of go to the bathroom and have, like, the sound of urine falling. Yeah. Oh, look, I hate this idea. But <laughs> well, then should it be called ABC Sleep? ABC Sleep. Well, then the name isn't... You know? The name isn't much there. Is isn't it? it? Well, it, ABC Off, really, it pops. I know, but ABC Sleep seems more restful. It does. Get more realistic sleep with ABC Sleep on ABC Sleep this week. It could also just be... John a... Travolta's back. <laughs> and then, so John Travolta, he's got his back to yep. the camera yep. for sort of roughly 11 hours. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah. And, but then about six hours in, you realize that he was standing in front of a toilet the whole time <laughs> and he just starts to pee. It doesn't change what you see, but it changes yeah, what you yeah, hear. Yeah, which is one of the other things that TV can do. Mm. And could you maybe hear John Travolta's breathing throughout the whole thing? It's very accurate. <sighs> He's not sleeping. Mm. It's just, it's just, imagine knowing John Travolta. Mm. Imagine being friends. Friends? With, good friends with John Travolta. Yeah. Do you think he drinks? Do you think you'd have a drink with him? Yeah. Because as, as an adult, it's harder and harder to picture why you would go and hang out with somebody. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have a podcast to do, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you with each other? Yeah. And if you don't have kids to hang out with each other, like, I just, there's less and less hanging out. And within 10 years, within the 10 years between me being 34 and, and me being 24, I've almost had hanging out completely extracted from my mm. life other than accidental hanging out in the case of me waiting for something else to happen. Yeah. Right, when something else has been postponed or you've got there early or... Mm. And so if this rate of hanging out loss continues, 
I think that even hanging out with people when, whilst waiting for other things to happen is probably going to be gone. Well, that's pretty much what phones are there to get rid of, isn't yeah. it? With this, you know, digital, mm. you're always connected. You could be doing something else at that time. Yeah. Instead of accidentally spending time with your friends. So then what the, the hell, as an adult, hanging out with John Travolta at the age of, what, 50, 60, 70? Is he 70? Yeah. Would he be 70? Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, 65 maybe. 65, I reckon he's yeah. a 65. He's a solid 65. He's a, he's a not a single grey hair on his head 65. Mm. You know those guys. I think he could lighten that colour a little bit. I think, I think he could I think he could afford to. Yeah. Um, there needs to be... Sorry to change the subject slightly again. but well, there You needs, don't think there was anything in that? You <laughs> needs, there needs to be a service yeah. that tells people that. That you tells know, people... Yeah, mm. that like you just need to take a couple of shades out of your hair, because because it's not fooling anybody. Yeah, it's it, and and they are just surrounded by yes people. Yeah, I think I think what it probably needs is often these kind of browns and blacks that people put in their hair mm. is that they're so such a monocolor in the way that nobody's natural hair. Mm lacks the diversity of color. So I think that the whole dyeing process for these people um, needs to be like strand by strand with different shades. Right. Much like regular hair would have. Yeah, yeah. But this is not what we're talking about. We're talking about letting these people know... Uh, it's time to, to, to let go. To let go of the aging process that hasn't stopped. Absolutely, and like, like, so, what would be that thing in your life? What is the opportunity for somebody to go into a a space, mm-hmm. a room, some kind of, you know, a, a safe space? But there's someone in there who will objectively tell you, you know, what what you, people aren't fooled by anymore. Well, I think first of all, it would have to come from some kind of robot. Or some kind of like automated scenario. System, absolutely, absolutely. Right? And but what we have to do is think of a place where you can advertise, or you know, where things aren't normally advertised, right? So I think that maybe let's say it, you could do it in party rooms, like rooms where there's a party. Yes. Right, and you just have a bunch of um, sort of mini projectors yeah. at the top, and they and they track people and they see what what is happening using computer vision, you know. And then they find a flaw, say, you've dyed your hair black and mm. you're 65 years old and it's all a single color and everybody yep. can tell. Um, and uh, and so but because you're in a party, you're probably avoiding people's gaze a lot of the time, looking down at your shoes. This thing projects a little message onto the top of your shoes. Onto the top of your shoes. Tells you, you know, maybe let yourself go gray, maybe dye your hair strand by strand so there's some variety in the color. What about, and that's that's a good idea. Projected onto the shoes is great. Yeah. Right. Some honesty. Honesty. And it can be like soul. We could call it like soul searching, even though the, that's the bottom of your shoes. Sure. But you know, still, people look at the bottom of their shoes sometimes as well to see if they stepped in gum. Yes, that thing. Um, it could also be a little booth, right? That's kind of like a like a photo booth, right? Yeah. In a mall. But it's like it's an honesty booth. Yeah. So you go in there, and there's like, you just you you and you come back out, and a little thing prints out at the side, mm-hmm. uh, with a little list of just facts about you. 
sort of like a queer eye booth. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just a. I mean, when is science and engineering going to invent a booth that can do the job of queer eye for the straight guy? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think, you know, the costs at the moment for a queer eye, are, you know, you've got, you need a TV crew, mm. you need a bunch of guys who are skilled in different fields. Yes. Um, Although I'm not sure about that cooking guy. I don't think he really knows what he's doing. You don't think doing. he does enough? <laughs> I know. He taught, he taught that. I watched my first one last night who taught, taught, you know, taught the guy how to make guac. Yeah. And yeah. That I was not convinced by the way he was making that guac. No? No, Wait, no Just no. like in a In a, in in a, a mortar. mortar and pestle and with, like, what was he adding in? He put some yogurt into it? But, yeah. like, what was the flavor? What was it? Anyway. It was, I think he had lime in there. That's the flavor. No, I'm not happy yeah, it's with that. I, I, I thought it was a terrible guacamole. Well, you didn't taste it. The guy liked it. Yeah. The guy the, who was there. The guy who's the whole point of his, his life, is him being on the show, is that he doesn't know what's good. He liked it. I, I need to see some... some we, we've established... The whole well, concept of the show is that that guy's judgment is flawed. <laughs> Oh, and he's the one that you point to to prove the worth of the guac. Well, I'm sorry, Alistair. I know, but surely the the people who hired the guy who does the cooking thing. I need an objective eye for the guac guy. <laughs> I think that guy turned out all right, though. <laughs> he did. I liked him so much. Yeah. And if that woman who he was interested in <laughs> didn't work out with her, I reckon he would have got a lot of offers. Man, he looked so good. He looked. So there's good. actually a guy called Andy Matthews on Twitter. There is. Who is basically what that man turned into? Yeah, he. I, whenever I Google myself, and it's often there's yeah. a there's a guy who's got a big beard, glasses. Yeah, looks very confident. He basically looks like what the first the the, the guy in the first episode of the Netflix revival of Queer Eye <laughs> got turned into with the lupus on his face. Amazing. Yeah. This is the first time I've seen someone actually with lupus. Anyway, I feel like we're getting off the topic. I think some kind of thing that confronto booths, something that confronts you with the truth, because it's like the opposite of all those apps that you get on your phone mm-hmm. that like that uh, do the Photoshop on your face and smooth out your wrinkles and that sort of thing. Yeah. No, this is the opposite of that. This will highlight your flaws Yeah. and it'll tell you no one, no one isn't noticing this. Stop pretending. So what they maybe what they do is they have to get like a machine learning algorithm. Yes. One, one of these, um, one of these deep. What are they called? Deep. Yeah. Deep learning. Deep learning. Sure. Deep learning things, and they Neural get a bunch. Net. They get a bunch of jerks who tell it like it is. Yeah. Right, and they study them. They get they just kind of get people walking in, and then the, the, the you know the machine learning things watching them through the computer mm-hmm. uh, through the through the you know cameras, and then there's also one watching these jerks. And then just telling what all the flaws are and things like that. And then it yeah. tries to learn what flaws are through that, just through data and data. We get Google onto it straight away. And then you, know, then, then you just put that into a booth form. You just I, stand in a it's booth. It's a lot of power to give to a robot. I'm worried that this robot that knows is able to spot all our flaws instantly would yeah. be able to like bring humanity to its knees in a short space of time. That's but, why, that, but that's why maybe we could get, we could get some other people in maybe mm. that... With, that have a heart and that can tell you a message True. with a bit of love. Break it to you gently. Break it to you gently and then get, put that into the, into the machine learning thing. It doesn't would, have to all be jerks. I would love if for some reason, <laughs> and 
believe me, I don't think that a, a parody sketch of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, now, now just called Queer Eye, I don't think a parody sketch of that is a good idea. But I would love it if for some reason just one of the characters in that show was a robot. <laughs> like, it was like mm. f- four or five guys who are very cultured and well-presented and, you know... Um, yeah good at communicating their emotions, and then also a robot who would give its point of view on, you know, what the subject of the show was doing wrong with their life. Yeah, or it could be a show just like that, but it's they're all robots. It's five robots. Giving advice to another robot? No, giving advice to a man (laughs) on how to live his life. uh, Yeah, okay, that that is funny. Be more okay with darkness... Yeah. Don't. Nothing changes despite the absence of light. And I think I think all the same emotional beats of the Queer Eye show mm. of like the guy coming to accept the robots and getting along with them quite well and hanging out and having a nice time. Yeah. I think that's really good. Being initially a little embarrassed, a little uncomfortable around them, but then Alistair, one of the things that those robots would tell yeah. the person is probably that they need to shave. Uh, that doesn't doubt. You know, I don't doubt that at all. Very often, one of the steps to becoming a better self, you, yeah, living your best life, okay. is is sorting out your facial hair situation. Oh yeah. And I think it would be prob- probably probably uh, Deep Blue that uh, that robot that uh, plays, plays chess. Plays chess. Twenty five years ago. 20, 30, sure. Forty I years ago. I think there's probably a good one, a better version of it now. Deep 2.0 Blue. maybe. Yeah. Right. It would recommend. Harry's razors because oh, it's just a smarter way to shave. Right? It's the smartest way, and although it can be defeated by, or was that the one that got defeated by a, a human? Harry's razors. Yeah, uh, no, the deep blue. Deep blue, maybe initially, but then I think it got better, and it. Uh, okay. Look, to be honest, I don't know enough about deep blue to back <laughs> this up. What's the new one? There's a new one that Microsoft's got, or something like that. that and it can't be beat. At, it can't be beat at all sorts of things. AlphaGo. AlphaGo, the robot that plays Alpha, that plays Go, yeah. that one, it'd tell you okay. Harry's Razors. Harrys.com forward slash think tank. Get yourself $13. Feels like $15 worth of gear for just the cost of for- shipping, which is just going to be a couple of bucks. Mm. And you get, what do you get for that, Alistair? Razor. Weighted, weighted, weighted handle. Oh, it's so weighted. And I, I was, when I read that, I was like, what do they mean? What, what, the, what is the weight of a handle? Mm. How can a handle be well weighted? Yeah. You feel this handle? I was like, oh, that's how. Oh, that just feels good in my hand. Yeah, I, my hand I haven't let go of it since. And uh, it's such a nice feeling weight mm-hmm. that you realize that why are people trying to lose weight in you know in the world? It's that's actually what our goal is. That it's ideal so that, weight. That ideal weight of these Harry's razors uh, mm-hmm. weighted handles. Yeah. Uh, if we as humans could weigh that amount, that 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 particular mass or weight. Um, there would be no suffering left in the world. Probably, yeah. yeah. Uh, there would be no suffering. There would be no suffering left in the world. It's got that travel case as well. It comes with a little little can of real nice feeling foam. Oh, I love that face. Foam. Feels so good. Got great, great smell. Uh, the 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 razor. It's a cool little button pops off the end when you want to change the razor. Mm, makes see. it so easy. I haven't had to change the razor yet because I don't shave all that often. And I just enjoy popping it off sometimes. But sometimes you, you know, obviously you just use it to sort of 
uh, culture, uh, like to, you know, to shave off the edges of your beards. I oh, definitely, make... I trim around the edges. Yeah, trimmer, yeah, and it's because it's got that, that trimmer on it. Yeah. That little, that little part at the top. I've never had that part on a razor before. Oh, yeah, that extra blade on the top allows you to get up under the nozzle region. Yeah, nozzle. Yeah. Oh, Alistair. And what do you have to do? You have to go to, like, uh, harrys.com slash think tank. That's all you got to do. Get that get that op- introductory offer of that starter pack. Yeah. And, Alistair, I, I think I've got this right. They've sold trillions of razors to uh, billions of people on every known star and planet in the visible universe. I wouldn't go up into space if I were you because there's Harry's razors flying everywhere. Everywhere. But you know what? That actually wouldn't be a problem because they're all wearing that travel case. Yes. And Very safe. You're very safe. Harry's razors. Harry's.com forward slash think tank. The reason why I wouldn't go up into space is just because Harry's razors are based on Earth. And it's just easier to get access to them. That's right. Why are we so focused on starting life on Mars, moving somewhere else, when we have everything we need right here? We need to stay here on Earth and fight for what is good and right and beautiful about Earth, and that is Harry's razors right here. Alastair, I'm furious. Uh, I believe we have three words from a uh, uh, supporter of the show. Yeah, we do, Andy. Uh this, this one is, comes from a supporter of the show, but also a friend of the show, Mr. Jack Because a lot Drus. of the supporters aren't friends of the show. <laughs> friend of the show in that he's been on the program. Sure. Obviously, I find every listener to be a true friend. Because mm-hmm. uh, what is a friend? A good listener. Thank you. Right? Yeah. Um, well, f- friend of the show and listener and... Uh, person who supplies us with three dollars every now and then jack Drews. jack Drews, uh has given us three words to come up with uh to come up with a sketch idea idea would you and, like to um, lay them on me Alistair? are you ready yes please five mm-hmm. sketch <laughs> no ideas oh what a dog what an absolute dog mate mm. Um, that is, uh, this is the podcast folding back in on itself. Yeah. And it makes me scared that maybe all of the podcast so far has just been a sketch. And then when we come up with the answer to this, yeah. we'll just loop back around to the start again. And we only exist within a joke that we're making about ourselves. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. <sighs> now, sketch. Uh, let's say sketch five mm-hmm. could be the fifth in a series of paintings or, yeah. or drawings. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these, uh, you know, your, your Leonardo uh, da Vinci's, your uh, Michelangelo's, mm-hmm. they would do a series of, I believe they call them cartoons, which were like the sketches that lead up to, you know, working out the ideas for The Last Supper mm-hmm. or your Michelangelo's David. And yeah. uh, a lot of these drawings, if you had them now, yeah. worth a lot of money. <laughs> worth a lot of money. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, apparently there's a lot of those uh, in the back of, uh, like, the Mona Lisa, you know, on the, on the paper behind it. You know, they, they always, like, behind all the paint. Yeah, yeah. They just they keep finding other things in the paint. That's 
Yeah, right, right. I've heard this about like some Rembrandts and stuff as well. Like there might even be a totally different painting underneath. In many ways, you could say that behind a painting, he's he's done some sketches, mm. uh, maybe five different ideas. Okay, sure. Uh, and and so it's somebody. So it's a scientist that's looking, sort of uh, using X-ray vision or maybe mm. infrared, mm. maybe ultraviolet. Hey, good one. Yeah, maybe ultraviolet to penetrate through the different layers. What about infraviolet? Hmm. Or ultra red. Ultra red. Is ultra red vis- visible light? I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, so under under let's say a painting, there are you discover the early things like what what he was thinking about making this painting. I think that's really really funny. Like maybe some objects that he had in there. Like originally she was, I don't know, holding a gun or something funnier than that. Yeah, um, you know, there like, like I guess if there's five different things in here, this is like it's almost like a sliding doors kind of scenario mm. where this guy uh, could have. Uh, you you could see all the different paths that his life would have gone if he hadn't have painted the Mona Lisa. Yeah. Right. And so yeah, I think one where she's holding a gun, I think, is a great idea. I think originally maybe she was going to be a cat or like a bowl of pears, and he just drew one of the pears wrong, and that's why he hmm. wound up. Well, I'll turn that into a face, and then I can turn. All maybe also initially out. she yeah, like he had tried to draw a horse, but he couldn't draw horse feet. And so you can see him trying to, the, you got the messed up horse feet, and then you see him trying to draw grass over the horse feet, his must yeah. messed up horse feet, yeah. like that. And then he just, it's just strongly scribbled. As mm. you, you know, you go back in layers, you know, as you go back, I guess these would like be sort of like micro, microns, uh, yeah. mi- 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 microns of, of focus adjustment. You can keep going back and seeing like that. And you see this, so the horse has been taken out. Yeah. And also maybe you see that, Initially, the horse had a horn because he, he actually believed in... Believe in horses with horns. Horses with horns. Oh, you know, it could have been originally like there was an ad or something in there. Like he, it was actually the whole thing was like a promotion for uh, Whitlam's bread. Oh, Whitlam's bread. Or, yeah. Uh, uh, maybe like Whitlam's arsenic bread. Yeah. You know, because back in those days, they probably thought that arsenic was actually had healing properties. I tell you what, yeah. like... I know mercury is bad for you and mm. gives you a lot of poisoning and stuff like that. But before we knew that, it must have been so much fun to play with mercury. Mercury's so cool. If you've yeah. seen it like globbing around like a metal that's a liquid and it's oh, all yeah. heavy and stuff, we don't get that joy anymore. No, that simple true. pleasure has been taken out of life. And it's like now you're not allowed to take nuts to school because kids could have an allergic reaction. Yeah. Once upon a time, kids would have been bringing mercury to school in their backpack, little yeah. tub of mercury, and everyone would have played with it. Oh. And then some kids go insane or, <laughs> I don't know, develop cancer or whatever it is, and suddenly, oh, you're not allowed to take mercury to school anymore. I think that's a fun idea, that maybe he was really pro-mercury. He yeah. put that on there, and he was like, you know, and he was, and he, and he was anti-vax. He was an anti-vaxxer <laughs> as well. It like says, don't vaccinate. It's yeah. all this stuff that, over time, that they kind of just removed, mm. that that hid the fact or that, that he's actually he censored really himself. Bad guy. Yeah, he censored himself as he realized that, you know. And back in those days, you could you could sort of censor yourself 
because not that many people, you know, they didn't have the internet. So information didn't travel that far. You could kill a guy on a horse, hmm. you know, hmm. who was trying to, tran you know, transmit a message about you, that you're yeah. an anti-vaxxer or something like that. That's the message intercepted. That, mm. that was the version of hacking that they would have done at the time. That was, do was that doxing someone? That was... I'm not, no, no doxing, doxing is sending is a, like a lot. It would be like sending a lot of guys with a lot horses. of guys on horses. <laughs> yeah, just until until the ground around your building just collapses. Can't even, can't even handle the the land. Um, Old school doxing. But is this enough? Is this like that that we find out about a guy such as? Uh, I think that the the. the, the just in general, like, and I don't know if we've hit on any of the specific examples, but in general, going through the layers of the Mona Lisa mm. with modern technology, seeing what was originally in there, I think is, is very, very funny. Yeah, maybe something that re reveals that all those sketches that he did early on, you know, where, where people were like, oh, Leonardo da Vinci came up with the idea for helicopters mm. and, uh, you know, different things like that, finds out that we find out that, like, Within the sketch, he had drawn, let's say, like the um, <clears throat> the uh, sort of uh, slave chamber that he kept all the kids that were drawing and coming up with ideas for him. Yeah, because you can't make an omelette without breaking eggs. You can't stuff. make an omelette without breaking a few children's uh, spirits. Spirits. But indeed. you would have to keep their spirits pretty high so they can keep coming up with ideas. Right, because the creativity is like, so it's like a, a bird. Is there the opposite of that? You can't come up with, you can't. Make an omelet without um, without breaking a few eggs, but like a, the positive version, like mm. like you can't. You can make an omelet without breaking no. eggs. <laughs> I had an omelet the other day that was like some sort of vegan one that was like polenta and stuff, and, wow. and it wasn't great. But but you could make one. Yeah, it was. It existed. <laughs> I mean, that's a funny idea because you can make a, a terrible omelet. Without breaking eggs, mm. and even allowing chickens to keep laying eggs. And the thing is, though, you can also make a terrible omelet with breaking eggs. Yeah. Right. It's possible to make a terrible omelet either way. What about this? Could you find a source of power? Maybe this is another thing that's under the, on, on, under the, uh, yeah. the, the, the that he had invented a source of power that captures the energy of eggs coming out of cloacas. Wow. Because that's... You well, know, like, well, what is hydroelectricity except for catching the energy of an object falling out of something else? Really, Hydroelectricity is just we, we're capturing... We have a little generator and we yeah. catch, or big generator. We're capturing the water as it flows down the penstocks, you know, turning the turbines. What about a little turbine on a chicken's bum yeah. every time an egg comes out? Knocks it around. Yeah, exactly. Knocks it around. Generating electricity. Everything that falls... Anything that yeah. falls, this is good. I like this. You know, Not for Da Vinci, but for no, a sketch. No, he anything came, he came anything that falls could be a source of energy. Is a source of energy. <laughs> yeah, but look, I think Da Vinci coming. You know, you know, Da Vinci came up with the idea of a of a cloaca generator before anyone else. Yeah, and that's why today we have that little generator, so that when you take your pants off, <laughs> you get a little bit of electricity. Yeah, and. The uh, the urethral uh, hydro, urethral, urethral hydro that comes yeah. from basically Leonardo da Vinci's sketch from behind the thing where we yeah. where we found out that all his ideas came from slave children in degeneration. He was an anti vaxxer I think, look, Alistair, whatever you way you feel comfortable writing that down as a piece of information, um, that's fine. If you think all of that is part of the same sketch, um, look, I'll write down everything ideas. that falls. 
you know, everything, um, yeah, everything that falls, uh, standards, hair, dandruff. If you, if you had a big funnel mm. sort of down the back of your head so that when flakes of dandruff fall off, yeah. they fall through a little turbine. Well, one of those dog head cones. Dog head cone. Would be perfect for collecting all that. Yeah. Maybe like little turbines that just go along the edge of your body and collect all the eddy currents that are sort of falling down your body and mm-hmm. just spin. What about, right, mm-hmm. Yeah. frowning? Yeah. Apparently it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. It's wasted energy, isn't it? It's wasted energy. As the corners of your mouth fall. As they go down. Yeah. A little... <laughs> It's a little contraption, spinning things and what have you, weights and stuff moving up. And, and Da Vinci came up with that. Da Vinci came up with all of that, Alistair. He came up. That's what he had written down on one of the layers. Because he only had one piece of parchment at the time. You just had to keep rubbing it out or just painting, painting over. Painting over the top. It was real yeah. thick. Yeah. It was <laughs> Notebooks used to just be layers of paint on top yeah. of each other and you couldn't access the early pages. The only way you could turn a page was to wait you know, a thousand years until they developed the kind of electron microscopy that would allow you to read the layers beneath. But people were more more patient in Back those then, days because yeah. they didn't have TV. Yeah. Longer attention spans. Do you ever think about? Do you ever think about like how patient crocodiles are? You know, they just sit there doing nothing for like their nose three days. Their yeah, yeah, their yeah, eyes. What are they thinking about? What do they think? Yeah, do they have like a very rich inner life they must or they do you think that they're okay <laughs> do you think they're okay with just sitting and not thinking well they could be very epicurean you know that they're just happy in the moment they just experience what they experience and they uh, you know but you know but if they're very happy and blissful just sitting there it feels so crazy to then chomp at a living thing and mm. kill it so that you can i guess just Feel more joy. I guess that's it, isn't it? That's why we all. But like do a what joyous cruelty. Joyous cruelty. Oh, call George. Tell him that band name. Anyway, I guess um, we. I guess we did it, right? Yeah. But do you want to take us through the ideas? I'll take us through the sketch ideas. All right, we got the speed of light. Uh, we it can't. We can't reach. Nothing can go faster than it because we're lazy. Yeah. Or because it's all lazy. It's all lazy? It can, n- nothing can get faster, can go faster than yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, we're lazy. Mm. Because it's lazy. Mm. Lazy things. Lazy things. Laziness. Lazier beams. I'm sorry. Lazier beams. Laser beams a good band name. Oh, that must be taken, right? It's got to be taken, yeah. Maybe spelt with an S? I think it is spelt with an S. Sacer beam. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, object. Oh, the object recasting of Seinfeld. Mm. So we redo all of Seinfeld, but recast everybody, every character as an object. Yeah, and well, um, I'd love to come up with a word that's like whitewashing, but white good washing. We replace everything with white goods. Mm. There you go. What's what's that word that sounds like it means white good, but it actually means like deli meats. <laughs> small goods. Oh, okay. There you go, small goods. Then we got the torture lobby. 
Yep. Which is the people who are trying to protect torture, um, you know, from being banned. Uh, and then, they, you know, they come in and they talk about, you know, how the science isn't really... In yet. Isn't really in or clear that tries torture is bad. Tries to discredit a lot of the anti-torture science. I mean, you know, that's kind of has happened in America with under George W. Bush when they were they brought torture back in because they thought that they could stop um, terrorist attacks. Back. But people have realized that you can't actually get any good quality information out of somebody you're torturing. Turns out you got to make them feel like they have free will and that they're um, that actually want to talk to you for them to give you the information that you might want. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean... Personally, I find small talk torture, so it's real hard for me. So it's really turning the tables on the Americans. Yeah, in a way. In order to get good quality information, they have to torture themselves by by, by having to create small talk with terrorists. People they have nothing in common with. That's a nightmare, isn't it? Oh, they both love freedom, probably. That's uh, debatable. But isn't that one of the reasons why you would uh, perform a terrorist attack on somebody? Because you don't feel like you're free under this global empire that oh, God damn it, is, you're in, right. is kind of invading your country? Or I'll see. You've got to the bottom of it. Yeah. And you've got a half sketch here where you put, you know, where you where you put the torture chamber in a building. Is it? In, could you put it in the lobby? Mm. Could you put it maybe? I think, like, an architect who's willing to break down those boundaries and radically rethink the design mm. of medieval castles yeah. is is really... Not just medieval good. castles, maybe, like, you know, intelligence buildings. Sure. You know, for intelligence headquarters. Yeah. Or even just, a, like, a regular corporate torture room. Mm. You know, like, that you would have in a skyscraper. Or even, like, what about a sex dungeon in your house? Why have that in the downstairs area? Why yeah. not have the dungeon... Why does a dungeon have to be downstairs? Yeah, well, could it be? Dungeon. Could it be? Could it be the bedroom? Could it be the living room? Could it be the outdoor outdoor patio? Could it be a loft? Could it be a penthouse dungeon? Like an open an, an open sort of sunroom kind of dungeon, mm. or like a like an open sky dun, dun, dungeon dun dun. Have we got small towns trying to get people in, and that's the TV series where you know each small town is a, is doing you know something. Uh, in order to get uh, tourists in, because uh, their their uh, their industries that all, are all dying there, because nobody has any reason to go to a small town anymore, unless they're just people who have moved out there, and then they commute into the city to work. They sound really reasonable, those people. I don't know. No, not convinced. I'm not convinced. I think torture, if we put it out in the open, Mm. maybe people won't see it as so bad as well. Because, like, you know, when you hide something, people are like, well, obviously it looks bad when you put it in the basement. It seems sinister. It seems more sinister. If it's not bad, then why are you hiding it? Exactly. But if you're doing it out in the open, people must be be walking past being like, oh, well, I mean, you know, each to their own, Just a guy stretched, strapped to a chair, like, Mm. and somebody's pulling little hairs on the back of their neck. Yeah, what an awful thing to do to a person. Yeah, I know, but out in the open doesn't seem so bad. No, no, no. But in a dark room, underground. Well, you know, put it in a salon, mm-hmm. suddenly it's a beauty treatment of some kind. Exactly. That, that's essentially what having your hair plucked out is. I'm making a bloody comment on modern something or other. Yeah, but you don't leave the hair in when you get it plucked out. 
That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what you mean by that. You know, like when we're getting hair plucked, plucked out, you take the hair out. But if you're torturing somebody, you leave those hairs in, so you got something to keep pulling. Keep pulling on, I see. That's sustainable. So you can keep... <laughs> it's very unsustainable pulling all the hairs out, because mm. then you got nothing to torture them with. Yeah. You only got every other tool available to you in the world. Sure. Where are we up to? We're up to ABC off. John Travolta's <laughs> John Tra- back. John Travolta's back. It's a TV channel where oh. it's just blackness, but we've, we're filming John Travolta's back. I'm really interested in how we what we do with that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Then we got the f- flaw finding booth. It's basically a kind of queer eye mm. for in a, for in a booth form. It tells you everything that's wrong with you and how you could improve your life. It's actually a really nice thing, but uh, it comes from a bad place a lot of time from. Uh, people criticizing other people and things like that, but if it comes from a booth, comes from a booth, people will be able to accept it much more easily. Mm, absolutely. And then we have a queer eye, but with robots, and so it's robots giving you how and how you could make your life more robotic. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. You know, whatever it is that that they have mm. that makes them seem so together and like you, you don't complain about the work you have to do. Mm. You just don't feel it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh well, then it's 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 quite grim. Mm. Yeah. But well, that's no. all right. But we still it's got like jazzy music and a lot of good cuts and stuff like that. I know, but maybe it could quite like high energy. But maybe they could go in there. They could sort of like perform sort of keyhole surgery all over your body, where it cuts all the nerves so that you don't don't aren't, feel aren't anymore. able to feel anymore. Mm. Maybe it like deprograms your brain so that it doesn't access any of those chemical feelings as well, like those kinds of feelings. Right, and then at the end you go on a date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they all watch. They all watch. Drinking cocktails. <laughs> then we got um, the uh, Jack Drews inspired uh, sketch of... Uh, the back layers of uh, Da Vinci's Mona Lisa, revealing the five sketches uh, and ideas that he had back there that uh, change how we view Mr. Da Vinci. Absolutely. Mm. And oh. then we have the uh, Everything That Falls Energy uh, capturing program that the world um, brings in in order to, I guess, free us from maybe the big corporations uh, who... We really decentralize energy production. Crazy, to a crazy extent. A crazy extent. No, I think, I think that's really good. I like that. I'd like to see that happen. Thanks so much to Harry's Razors for sh- uh, supporting this episode. Thank you. Harrys.com forward slash think tank. But thank you to all of you for supporting this show. Uh, by listening. By listening slash think tank. Um, uh, dot com. We are doing a show at the upcoming Melbourne Comedy Festival, International Comedy Festival, that yes. is. Uh, from the 28th of March till the 8th of April. April. That is 10 nights in which you can come and see us. Tickets are available at comedyfestival.com.au. It's called Andy Matthews and Alistair Chambly Virtual Sci-Fi Sketch Experience. Some of these sketches that you may have come to know and love through their idea forms. Should we give a hint about what some of them are going to be, or do you want to not tell people? We can give a hint about one. One per episode that we would mention this in. Can I I give my first hint? Soy Boy. 
Soy Boy will make an appearance. Yeah. I'm very excited. I'm very excited about Soy Boy too. Um, you can rate us on iTunes. Yes. Or any of those things. Stitcher. If you use Stitcher, you could rate us on there. We love it. The, re- the reviews make us feel good, except for the one bad one from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes us feel uh, not bad, but like probably righteous and hard done by. No, it's okay. I, you know, like it's amazing how all bad words will make you feel bad. I think, yeah. but at some point you read them enough that you you find a way to trick your brain into thinking, well, just justifying why this person doesn't know what they're talking about, and even though people give us five-star reviews, which nothing in the world deserves five stars. <laughs> There's clearly no... <laughs> um, we are so thankful. and uh, Yes, people have written some really, really lovely things. Thank you so much. Thank you. you can find us online. Uh, I'm at Stupid Old Andy on Twitter. And I'm at AlistairTB. And we are at Two in Tank. And you can find us on Patreon if you'd like to support us there. You can give us money. Two in the Think Tank on want. Patreon. Yeah. Or if you can, you want to find other ways that you can support us. We're open to to uh, to suggestions. If like, let's say you have a house that you don't want. If you're sure. an old person and who's going to die soon, and you want to give up your house to somebody in a will, think of us. Yeah, sure, we'll accept that. I don't know if there's a Patreon function for that, but if oh, it you doesn't matter. We could we contact could us on Twitter over, or something. Yeah, <laughs> we'll slip into the DMs and work something out. Yeah. And we'll take we'll take you that inheritance, that bequest. We should come up with a podcast idea that that really targets ninety nine years old, ninety nine year olds. Oh, yeah, we'll with do no a pod, We'll do a podcast for those people. So you're ninety nine years old and you have no family. <laughs> and I guess we just maybe we just chat and we just. Mm, I'm going to write this you know, down. Talk as a about idea. talk about our our fa- our family and our lives and how we're planning to come and see them soon. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh. and, well, look, I, can't, I don't want to make any promises that we can't keep. No, 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 but that's why I said soon. Okay. <laughs> I know, but that still sounds like we would eventually go. As soon as we have a chance, as soon as we can get away from work, um, we'll come and visit, and we're really looking forward to, to, to catching up Um Jacinta's made some jam that she wants you to try. Oh, they love that. They love they, that kind of stuff. They prefer marmalade, though. Yeah, that's still a jam. Yeah, I know, but it's more specific. It's and if we're going to try to target 99-year-olds with no family, yeah. we got to really figure out what they like. No family and a house. <laughs> a house, yeah. I mean... Unless you have assets, we gotta really sort of filter out people with no assets. Yeah, we don't. Want oh, to be I know, but they might time. know somebody who's got assets. You know, because a ninety-nine-year-old with no family. <laughs> anyway, but if we do the podcast for long enough, people <laughs> will get older and yeah. eventually be ninety-nine and possibly have lost all their family. Here's hoping. Anyway, we love. Uh, you. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. <laughs> we used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. yeah. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.